1: Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of Judd's Hockey Show, which is, of course, Judd. It is Declan and our friend Jesse Pierce, who joins us every week to provide some insight on what is going on with your favorite hockey team. Of course, you can also find Jesse uh, with the Bar Down Beauties podcast that she does and NHL.com covering the Wild. All right, folks, this is a great week, Trade Deadline Week. I love trade deadlines. I know people's lives are in upheaval, but that's what makes our lives fun. So I want to start here. Yesterday, Jesse, we get news that uh, Bill Guerin has acquired Marcus Johansson for a third-round pick in 2024 from the Capitals to bring him back to play on probably the second line. My guess is he's going to play on a line with Boldy. He then acquires, Guerin does, Gustav Nyquist, who for a fifth-round pick this year, Gustav Nyquist is out currently with a shoulder injury. Garen wouldn't give you a timetable. I believe it was you who asked specifically Mm -hmm. on when he might be back. Clearly, the hope, though, is the end of the regular season and the playoffs. So I'll start with you, Jesse, and then to you, Dex. The deadline is Friday afternoon. Do you think that the Wild is done wheeling and dealing?
0: No. And again, we've talked about it before. I would have been fine if Garen didn't do anything this year. I would have been content with him sitting Pat and these two additions in Nyquist and Johansson, Johansson, obviously Minnesota wild fans might remember from the 2021 season. Uh, they might not because he was hurt for the majority of that season. Uh, Nyquist has played against. Well, those two guys coming in, It's for picks. So I think that's okay. I'm not completely against. You're not giving up a whole lot for them. The reason I think that there's something more to it is because Bill Guerin's always scheming. He's always cooking. He's always working up something. So I just have this inkling that, you know, maybe getting these two guys is to package and move elsewhere again. You never know. I mean, that could be a possibility. I just don't, not fully convinced that he's completely done. I mean, those names that we have floated out before, Sam Steele, Jordan Greenway, Matt Dumba, They're still on this team as of today at 12.06 p.m. Wednesday. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see at least one of them part ways with the Wild by Friday.
2: So if it was just Johansson, I think I would just be a little confused. Like, I get it to a degree. um, And a third-round pick for a guy who you kind of know but is not the same player he used to be. He went on a great cup run with the Capitals when they won like six years ago. And obviously he's familiar with Garen. He's been on numerous playoff teams, so I got that. But I didn't think that was going to be a needle-moving move for them the Nyquist ones is really interesting though right like he's still on IR the league sent out the weird memo that hey if you're going to long-term injury these guys and then you know Tampa Bay lightning your way into activating these dudes in the playoff run like Toronto and Tampa have done in years past uh, there could be penalties there but if Nyquist comes back a guy who was really good in Detroit maybe not the same prime player he was when he was with the Red Wings all of a sudden if you're telling me you add Johansson you add Nyquist you only give up basically one of your true draft picks, right? Because the, the Nyquist acquisition was the Bruins' fifth-round pick that they threw your way just a few days ago. Well, all of a sudden, you basically just bought in two forwards to plug into your top nine, essentially, for all of a third-round pick. So does it make the Wild like a legit Stanley Cup contender? No. Do I feel better about their roster than I did before yesterday took place? For sure I do. I I, I think their roster moves a little bit better. But to answer Judd's question, I agree with Jesse that I think there's still something else potentially in the works here. It's actually pretty remarkable that there was so many trades yesterday and we're still, as we record this, about 48 hours plus from the deadline still taking place. So I think there's still probably one more move up Bill Guerin's sleeve.
1: I feel like what both of you guys said is exactly right. I feel like there's one more move that that we don't necessarily see yet. Like I'm curious here. I don't think they're gonna acquire another just guy to sort of just plug in. I feel like there's something go going on to use Jesse's term cooking here that Bill Guerin you know, Bill doesn't I give him credit at his press conferences, and I think uh Jesse can attest to this as well. He doesn't really lie. If he doesn't want to answer a question, he won't. He'll just say, I I'm because you know, on on Nyquist. When he was asked, is he skating it? He's like, I don't want to go there. So like he just wouldn't he he didn't want to lie. Um, but when Jesse, when you asked Bill Guerin at the presser yesterday uh, and just sort of jokingly, because the, the answer didn't come as a surprise. Are you done yet? And he's like, well, there was a glint in his eye that mm-hmm. I saw that that didn't in, that didn't indicate to me that it's going to be like, I'm not done yet. And there's a fourth line guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But I just to, as we, of course, love to do at Score North, recklessly speculate, Jesse, I feel like there's something else coming. I feel like it's going to involve Jordan Greenway going. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's necessarily going to just be a move for the rest of this season, which, uh, to be clear, Johansson and Nyquist are pending unrestricted free agents. I just think that there's something bigger in the works here that Garen at least is going to try. It might not work. But then he's going to try. I would
0: completely agree. I think you're and you nailed it. That would have been my add on to our previous statements that all three of us agree. And I think the player that he does bring in, should he do that, is going to be a longer term player. I know people are still chirping in the background of Brock, about Brock Besser. Is that what he's working on? Maybe I still don't see it. I still don't see the money and the financials working. But I do. I just think you're absolutely right. Bill uh, Bill doesn't like to lie to us. But he he also can give us the lip service appropriately as a general manager. I think the other tell for me was with Dean post game as well, because we had the chance to kind of address him about the trades. And you could sense there is going to be some additional movement. Now, naturally, there probably has to be. You now have two extra forwards sitting out. What do you do with those guys? How beneficial is it going to be to continuously healthy scratch? Probably a Mason Shaw. And then I don't think we'll ever see Sam Steele play for the Minnesota Wild again. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, you look at what Bill Guerin did last year, kind of out of nowhere, getting Marc-Andre Fleury in and bringing Jacob Middleton, Nick Delorie. I mean, in last year's team, again, completely different than what you're seeing from this year. Last year, he went all in. But this year, he still has belief that it's a, it's a team that can do okay in the playoffs. I think he's probably as honest with himself as the Wild fan base is that they're not true contenders. You look at the Bostons, you look out east, and those teams are Colorado, who's now coming as well, or even Dallas. I mean, Minnesota's just not there, but that's okay. I think he is going to make it a very competitive run though. I mean, Bill Guerin, like any former or uh, professional athlete will tell you he's competitive. He doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. He doesn't want to be kicked out after the first round. You will, uh, you'll see him cook a little bit longer, better than Russell Wilson did in Denver <laughs> for sure.
1: Dex, go ahead. Yeah, and
2: if, if they want someone else that perks their interest, I know the Besser one's been the one that everyone's kind of encircling. He's the, the Minnesota ties and whatnot, but the contract's a little tricky. I think Bill will do it for the right. I don't think he's, like, desperate to get him. Right? Like I, I don't think he's, like, chomping at the bit. If the right offer kind of approaches here as the deadline nears, then I think he could pull the trigger. I know Pittsburgh has expressed some interest in him as well, uh, Besser that is. So if something else makes sense, I think they're probably going to do it. But if it's better, I think all the stars kind of basically have to align. And kind of what Jesse is saying, I, I think at the end of the day, it just becomes a little bit too complicated. And is it a conversation that probably gets revisited in the summer when things might be a little bit easier to figure out uh, with, with, with it being help post the deadline and post-cap space and all that situation? So curious how it all rolls out, but I think there is probably one more move up the sleeve.
1: So th- th- this has also gotten weird because, like... This team, what, two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, was 10 points out of first place. They were a fringe playoff team. They still aren't a slam dunk for the playoffs, but after they beat the Islanders 2-1 to one in a shootout last night, I believe they are one point right now as we speak out of first place in the Central, and like two points behind the overall Western Conference leader in the Golden Knights. So I guess here's my question, too, and I, I can't get a feel for where Bill would prioritize this but the reality is they still can't really score goals like they had one goal last night and the islanders basically did what you're going to see in the playoffs which is they physically attempted to double team and manhandle kaprizov which you should do so my question is from a scoring standpoint who's left and what would they like how much are they influenced now by being a point out of first place but colorado's coming and the other thing is, are are is Bill Guerin because Dean probably is. Is Bill Guerin convinced that this team can actually make a playoff run based on this run of games? Since it looked like they might be sellers three weeks ago or so at the trade deadline.
0: I mean, I think it's a fair question. I certainly, and I, I think we could all agree that the way the Wild have played as of late certainly has maybe changed our opinion on who they are. I think they have finally just committed and I hate repeating myself, <laughs> they committed to the identity we all knew they were going to be, this defense stingy team. And that's worked out for Minnesota Wild teams of the past, Judd, as you know, right, 2003, that squad yeah. was very stingy oh, was. defensively. I mean, granted, yes, the league has shifted over to being a more high-octane offensive game, but if you have a defense like Minnesota has been able to do with a goaltender like Augustus Gustafson there, you can still win some games. Again, they're not the fun games necessarily they're the tight physical games that being said i i don't know i it it is it's hard because you also you look at the players out there and what some of these higher bigger names have gone for how much does bill really want to do because as you mentioned sure he might have a little bit more belief but i don't think he's naive enough to say like oh this is the year the minnesota wild can go to the cup so you don't want to burn your future and bill Guerin has been very adamant about that even yesterday he said i'm not giving away our future of this organization. So I think he's going to remain steadfast in that. Um, You know, JVR is another name that I think people have been floating out there. That doesn't do a whole lot for me either. It's, I mean, he's kind of on the tail end of, of his career. So the answer is I don't have an answer for you, which is rare for me. I like to pride. I know you always do. I always have an answer, but again, I just, I'm kind of content with what, where they're at right now. I would have been content without the two editions yesterday. I agree with Dex, uh, ghost of Nyquist, was on my fantasy hockey team for a couple of years when I did very well. He was, uh, he's a very, he has a lot of potential, a very, a lot of upside for as little as he got. So he's a little bit more exciting for me, but otherwise, I mean, I don't know that there's one name that I need to circle and say, Billy, go get our guy.
2: Yeah. And you know they've basically added two forwards for the cost of a third round pick. So they've made themselves a little bit deeper. There's guys that are both those guys and Johansson. And if Nyquist comes back, have played in some playoff games too. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is it. I just think there's something else obviously still in the works to make them a little bit better. And thankfully, you know, to Jesse's point, you're not in the Eastern Conference, right? Like if the Wild were in the East, this would be a gong show. And I don't think we're having a very similar conversation because there's basically four to five teams, at least I look at in the East, that I could say, yeah, they could win the Stanley Cup in the West. It's a complete wide open race right now. You don't have to go through any of those Eastern Conference teams until you're God willing in the Stanley Cup. Uh, but I, I think I wouldn't be shocked if this is it, but I bet there's maybe one more thing to potentially make them better if Bill Grant wants to do so.
1: Toronto has gone absolutely crazy. Kyle Dubis, he's probably going to to be... Fired because I don't think it's going to work. But I have <laughs> I what the hell it. is going on there? Yeah, yeah, I know he's made like six trades. Yeah, he basically- the
0: amount of teams that have given up to thus far already. We're not even to Friday. Like that's what's shocked me. Like, mm-hmm. oh Nashville, they've just given up. Columbus, obviously Washington. Out. Washington. See ya. Like, it's just mind-boggling.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty um pretty bizarre too because Dubis is basically saying if I get fired, I'm leaving the next guy with nothing. Like I I no. and I kind of like it.
1: He's just cleaning the cupboards yeah. out. Like, that job's going to be a terrible job. Yeah. You're going to have nothing left in a bunch of age. You know, Ryan O'Reilly with his walker and the tennis balls on it is going to come <laughs> into your old folks' home for the Leafs and be like, hi, everybody, I'm here. Um, let's talk about, and I feel like we keep going back there, but I can't help it at this point, Philip Gustafson. Um, okay, first of all, Bill Garrett. Congratulations! I don't know what you saw coming here, but I mean, this guy again last night. I mean, how many great A's did he stop? The Islanders in overtime. I think they had like five shots. Parisi Zach Parisi could have had a hat trick. Thank mm-hmm. God he didn't. But he could have had a hat trick. Um, Philip Gustafson has been, I think, one of the revelations not just this season for the Wild. But in Minnesota sports acquisition Hall of Fame, like as far as my my expectation being, oh, this guy's a backup. That's too bad. You know, Cam Talbot should have come back. I tweeted last night. They should send Cam and his wife thank you notes for alienating themselves out of town. <laughs> Philip guys, I'm serious. Without Philip Gustafson, this team I think is a wild card team. Right now, I mean, Fleury has not been—he's not been consistent, and I don't think he's been terrible. But this whole nonsense of Dean and the players being like our goaltending is fantastic. No, Philip Gustafson right. has been absolutely one of the stories, the unsung heroes of the National Hockey League season.
0: And luckily for all of us, Philip Gustafson doesn't have a wife that can take to Twitter and stir the pot even more. <laughs> so that's a promising thing heading Thank into you. playoffs. But I agree. I was going. To ask Dean like that, but I, I didn't have the gall to do it because I wanted him to say, Philip Gustafson is your number one. There is not, a, <laughs> that's what I want you to say. Just tell me, like, you won't tell me it's a rotation. You won't tell me this. And I think the thing that works with it too is I've seen Marc Andre Fleury around the rink, and it's not like he's whole hum pissed off. You know, of course he wants to play. He's Marc Andre Fleury, but I think that helps. I think he's incredibly supportive of Philip Gustafson getting this. I think he knows that Gus is playing better because Marc-Andre Fleury wants to win games more than he wants to start them. That's the kind of player he is. And um, I think I love a bus more than him just stopping the puck. He has the same jovial demeanor no matter what. Like, he is just straightforward. Yep, I'm just out there doing my job. I think I joked with him yesterday hey, you know, just another night at the office. He's like, yep, just a Tuesday, 7 to 10. And like, you know, he's just doing his thing and it's fantastic. It's it's so exciting to see because like you, Judd, when the trade went down, as much as I wasn't on the Cam Talbot train, um, I was thinking, okay, well, Philip Gustafson's really going to struggle. Maybe Valstead comes up earlier, whatever. I just didn't see it working. I was like, this guy is a bona fide backup, no doubt. Well, I ate my words. I ate Crow, whatever you want to say it, because he has proven wrong. And I think he just needed that opportunity granted the players in front of him are much better than what he had in ottawa as well so certainly that lends itself but yeah i mean philip gustafson just continues to impress the saves that he's making are steady he sees the puck um and again it's different goaltending t- goal the goaltending the mark andre Fleury, which brings a good tandem moving forward
2: here yeah, I mean it's reminiscent of when they obviously acquired Dubnik at the deadline, you know, six, seven years ago um, and basically saved their season. Now Dubnik ended up starting like every single game, and luckily you don't have to run Gus bus out there every single time. Your luxury is that now your new backup per se is Mark Andre Fleury, which is a good good thing to have in your back pocket. I think I was telling you guys the last few weeks that even though Gus was trending in the right direction and Fleury was, you know, kind of riding this roller coaster that I thought push came to shove. If they make the playoffs, they're probably still going to give the, give it to Flurry because he's the veteran and he's a Stanley Cup guy. At this point, no, there's no chance. I mean, there, there is absolutely no chance they do that. Now, you know, the, last year with St. Louis, right, they started Husso, who had a great year, kind of out of left field to a degree, and then they turned to Bennington. He ends up saving their series, and they move on to the second round. Obviously, however the wow get past a first-round series, you would take, but it's a good luxury to have that if Gus Bus, who is probably in line to start the first two games of a playoff series falters if they want to change. We got Marc-Andre Fleury behind him. And it's not just the tandem, to your point, of last year with Talbot and Fleury, which was two different guys, but it was kind of, it didn't feel all that great. And then the noise came in from the background, and then became so much more of a distraction. Talbot's agent certainly didn't help the case either. It wasn't just his wife. Um, But I think with this situation, it kind of reminds me of St. Louis last year with Husso and Binnington. Uh, behind them, and, and it's a great problem to have that Marc-Andre Fleury, a Vesna guy who's won Cups and has been in Stanley Cups before, is probably your backup going into a postseason series.
1: I'm just absolutely uh, amazed. Every time I watch Gus now, he's so technically sound. He's so quiet, and, and Jess, you're exactly right. You know, Fleury's fun to watch when he's playing well, but, I mean, he's flopping. He's, he's doing the, the old-school thing, which, by the way, I love to see. But when you watch Gustafson, and and he was talking post-game last night about how he cheats sometimes and how he tries to, like, lure the shooter into passing by acting like he's prepared for the shot and and then, of course, pushes off and slides over. All of those things, I mean, he just seems to have such a good plan. And I don't know if the coaching here has helped, if to Declan's point, just, you know, the sends were such a mess. Uh, Because it's certainly not like he is not facing good shots here. Like, this is not... It's not like the Wild is doing what they did with Jacques in 2003, where Roly and Manny didn't really face great shots sometimes because the team was trapping and the shots were all from the outside. We saw several grade A from the slot chances just last night. So I just, I marvel at his, uh, his style. And the one reason why I think, because I've been debating, when the playoffs start, can he play like this? Like, you know, the pressure goes up. But the one reason why I think it might be possible is I think within his technique, he's so sound Mm -hmm. like it doesn't feel like it's a, it doesn't look, I should say like it's a fluke. Like it doesn't look like he's just gotten hot. It looks like he actually has a strategy and a style that can be repeated. And so Mm -hmm. like, that's why, you know, and I might be totally wrong here, but that's why when I watch him, I actually think that this is a guy that could get on a role in the playoffs and and be fundamentally sound enough to save some games.
0: I agree. I think he's very methodical in his approach to playing the game without question and I I think he's the the positive and upside of him, you know, goaltenders are quirky. He's not really that quirky. He's just no. kind of himself and maybe that's the the good thing. I mean, you look at how many games he has earned that extra point for Minnesota by getting them into overtime, by getting them into the shootout. And he still remains strong even in those situations. He's like, I don't feel any pressure. I just keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, again, we've asked him time and time again. Not that he's going to give us a different answer, but it's like, what is it? Like, what is it about you? What's the secret sauce? And it's just him being him. And and the the plus side is he's a young goaltender. Again, a a good trade for Bill Guerin as it turns out. And uh, I just, I enjoy having him a part of this tandem because again, you will see Marc-Andre Fleury probably get in there a little bit too, but I hope that Dean Evanson rides Gus while he's feeling it.
1: Yeah. you just ju- want Dean to say he's our number one goaltender. Jesse, that's all it. you Close want. You're going to go up like, and take him by the collar and be like, just say it.
2: Yeah. Take him by the collar. And actually, you know what you should do, Jess, I know you love cooking with Jesse. You should make sure those knives, you know, are, are nice and sharp. And just, you know, if you have to put a blade by there and, and you know what, you can go to vivrant you can go to my with all that cooking you do, Jess. Make sure those knives are sharpened. I see your Instagram stories. We see them all. Okay, you're making sure you got the great meals going off there. But someone like Judd and I, you know, especially when I moved in with my fiance with my serrated dull knives, okay, I needed some knife sharpening. I went to my guy Joseph at Vivron. He helped me out. Uh, It's okay to admit that you don't know what you're doing with your knives. And you got to have some sharp knives for cooking so you're not mashing that stuff. Go to mybaddull or mydullknives It's in the YouTube bio below right now. Go get those knives sharpened, and if Jesse wants to take one to Dean, just so we can get the dang answer out, no, do whatever try, you do. No,
1: no, Judd doesn't condone want this. Persuaded. I she has do. kids.
2: I do. It's okay. Whatever we have to do to get this answer out of him. But go to Vivrant. Go check them out, and go check out our guy Joseph. That's I'll take one for scary.
0: the team if it gets us the answers we need. The answers. <laughs> don't we do whatever it need.
2: needs. You can't handle the truth, Dean. <laughs> Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from six to to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time you can sign up and save and we've done the math factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factor meals slash judd 50 and use code judd 50 to get 50% off that's code judd 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off go check out factor meals
1: In the press conference that Bill did uh, after the two trades were made yesterday as well, you guys, he mentioned the fact that he is, and w- was asked about this, that he's comfortable with the blue line. He said, I'd like Brodeen back. No, duh. And it sounds like Brodeen's not going to be playing anytime soon, but it's not going to be long-term. Read into that what you will. But that being said, how comfortable are you with the defense right now? Uh, Brodeen coming back is going to help a ton. But I'm just saying... John Merrill to me, they play him every single game, but there are some times where I'm like, oh boy, Golagoski is still an older guy. Addison last night, so he was the second guy on the ice in OT defensively, which I do applaud. He should be, not Golagoski. But that being said, he also got outworked for a puck through a a half-hearted cross-check that didn't get called, and Gustafson had to make a big save. Now Kalen came down after that and damn near scored. So that's the good side. But how comfortable, as we approach Friday, are you with the defense, with Brodeen being out for a while?
0: Um, I think you said the the big concern I have is John Merrill. I think you're just seeing night in and night out, egregious turnovers. You saw one that uh, resulted in their first goal from the Islanders by Josh Bailey after he just got outworked and out-hustled by Josh Bailey. So I think but then again, you look at it, that's your bottom pairing. How much should a bottom pairing truly impact your team? Probably not that much. I think once Brodeen comes back, I feel pretty comfortable with it. Um, you know, I really love Jacob Middleton and Jared Spurgeon. They're your top pair for a reason. I think they are they are everything. I think Dumba has stepped up his game, a smidge. Not a yeah, lot. I'm not gonna give him a whole lot of credit, but he really he has. It. He's not been as concerning. Um, you know, and I think Kalen Addison, he'll get back there. Again, I think he still is fighting through the fact that he was a healthy scratch and he's had to refine his game a little bit. Dean and Bill Guerin were very adamant that he needs to be a better two-way player. So I think he's trying to not change too much of the offensive side of what he was, which was the big tout on him. That's what everybody loved about him, but also still play this very defense first game. So I think you'll see him get better. But yeah, Merrill and Goligosky to me, that would be the only concern. But again, when they're your bottom pair anyway, generally speaking, it is what it
2: is. Yeah, pending a setback or if Brodine indeed misses a playoff series, completely different conversation. Like if they didn't have Brodine to enter the playoffs, then I, I would be pretty concerned there. But to Jess's point, I mean, if those are your back-end guys, and sure, they still have to play probably 12 to 13 minutes a night so they can't just not be playing, um, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, the Wild this has been their bread and butter, right? I mean, it's been Spurgeon and Brodine and Dumba's been here forever, and, and the supplement of Jacob Milton last year was a great addition. So not too concerned, but as long as Brodie comes back, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it.
1: So my thought is this, especially going into the uh, potential playoffs. I think there should be some question about Merrill playing at times. And if you are if you are as hard up as Dean appears to be to continue playing Goose, that I would be comfortable scratching Merrill for Golagoski. I think the decision should come down to those two, um, not Kalen. Kalen brings you enough offense. Now, here's the thing, though. And I was watching it last night again. The Addison fix is not that hard. His defensive zone positioning, his fundamentals are just not great. Um, that needs to be fixed. And I think that can be fixed through coaching. Like he allows, he gives up the inside at times. Like, there's certain things he just doesn't do with his body, and I know he's not big, but Jared Spurgeon's a Small man, too. Um, and so, but Kalen Addison brings you a spark offensively. And, I mean, good Lord knows you need all the offense you can possibly get here, right? So, I actually think that if you have a playoff series and Bro- Brodine is back, that a decision should probably come down to Goligoski or Merrill. And it's a, it's like Merrill can't sit. I mean, it's like he is, he, oh, no, no, we can't sit him. First of all, I disagree with that. And the other thing is, I think Greenway's gone by Friday. I think Bill Guerin is telling the truth. I think Dumba is now going to be used or is being used as the Wild's own rental. Um, he, He obviously means too much internally to trade as well. So Dumba's here. Jesse, I'm with you. I think his play has picked up. I think being scratched, Eureka! Being scratched works. Jordan Greenway didn't get scratched. Why not? I have no idea. But I really do think that there should be more of a conversation about should John Merrill play every single game, especially once you get to the playoffs.
0: It is curious. Like, I'm always curious as to the favoritism, and we've talked about this before, just even in the press box. Like, Dean likes his veteran guys. He likes the guys that have played the game for a while. He likes the guys that have played the old-style version of the game as well. Alex Goligosky, namely, is is one yeah, and not what John Merrill has done to be in such favor and such high graces amongst the coaching staff, because it's it, he's not been completely oh my god awful, but there are plenty of nights where I'm like he should not be playing tonight. Like there, I would rather have Alex Golgoski sometimes than John Merrill out there. That's how bottom wrong he has been. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think i I would like to see Kaylin Addison in there. More often than not, almost all the time, frankly, because I still believe that the young defensemen need to work through their mistakes. They need to be a part of this game. You want Kalen Addison to be a part of your future with the Minnesota wild. So you need to let him continue to play, let him suck for a time or two because odds are he still brings that offensive upside that John Merrill sure as heck doesn't. So there's that to be considered.
2: Yeah, you just mm-hmm. gotta take the handcuffs off him and just kinda let him play a little bit and, and understand that there's some risk reward there right there. That was a lot of the narrative and conversation around Matt Dumbo when he first came up. Unfortunately, he kinda saw it bring its ugly head back at the beginning of this season. But he's a young defense and he's gonna make mistakes, but he also brings a lot of positive when he's on the ice and he quarterbacks a power play. So the I think the last thing you should be doing is penalizing a guy like that just so you can play John Merrill or Alex Goligoski to me. I think that's uh that's kind of criminal and doesn't it's not fair to Kaylin Addison either.
1: Well, and scratching for a wake up call, in my opinion, is fine. Scratching to forget that the guy is not fine. And with Kalen, they basically just said, Oh, okay. We've won some games. You're done here. And, and so he couldn't get back in. I have zero problem with, you know, a healthy scratcher too. It's when it turns into four or five games. You're like, is this smart? And again, Dean has to understand this. I know he loves how this team plays, but you have only, you have a insy piece of offensive potential here you can't be you can't scratch your offensive guys which leads me to the last point ryan reeves congratulations (laughs) his first goal of the season great guy he is a just a he is he is as they they say in the sport a beaut but not only that he engaged in what his second or third fight it might have been a second Mm -hmm. big ross johnston of the islanders and and reeves going toe to toe in what was a Judd from his teenage years, hockey fight. (laughs) I absolutely loved it. Um, But how about that hand-eye coordination? Revo, knocking in the green, what? Greenway shot, Mm -hmm. big rebound from Sorkin, who's really good. And uh, Reeves comes by, keeps a stick, so it's not a high stick, knocks the puck in. That's that's a nice goal. And, Jesse, the best part was when he said he took his kid to a youth hockey game, and the little kids were mocking Ryan Reeves saying, I got more points than you, and he said, okay, take that. Mm-hmm. Well, he, told, he told the
0: kid to eat it. He looked straight into the camera and said, so eat, eat it. it. And he was eat like, it. sorry, he was probably eight. I shouldn't be saying that. But <laughs> That guy's
1: great. He's,
0: what a personality. And I think you heard that that was the big reason Bill Guerin wanted him in there. Sure, there's the physical aspect of it, but he his personality really – shined through yesterday he said yeah you know i'm sure they're happy they traded for a 50 goal scorer when they got me so i'm you know glad i can start i mean he was just very self-deprecating having a good time uh a great goal a great drop pass back to greenway too that was something that i didn't even realize he had some of that awareness once in a while so uh good for him fun for him maybe another goal or two this season could be helpful i it, mean that goes for not just him everybody on the offensive side <laughs> thank you that's not no kidding
2: all. uh and it's just so, it, it's hilarious to me because so many wild fans were just." so sick of him when he was with the knights and the blues and they hate him and then all of a sudden and i remember judd and i kind of having the same conversation like yeah he's a pain in the ass but if he was on your team you'd love him and you got wild fans who are just bitching up and down that they can't stand him and he's such a punk and he's bad for the game all of a sudden and everyone's a lot quiet when ryan reeves is on your team like that i find that very interesting
1: the funny thing is he's pre- he's slow but he actually has decent hands i've noticed he can make some plays like there are some guys who have hands of stone right he actually can, to, to your point, Jesse. The drop pass, and I've seen him make some nice plays. He's behind the play a lot, which makes it tough. Um, But yeah, and he's going to be when the playoffs arrive. And I know that there's not fighting, but it's going to be very interesting to see if he plays and how he he's used because somebody's going to have to create some fear to to open up room for ninety seven. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. I'm not saying it's. Got, I'm not saying that you need fights, but. That's a guy that can actually, if a couple of guys are trying to rough up Kaprizov and there's a price to pay, it gets a little bit tougher to complete your assignment of trying to rough up Kaprizov, which I think was as easy as it got for a team like the Blues previously. It shouldn't be as easy now.
0: He has that nice presence. It's funny. I told Ryan Reeves that he had silky mitts. He's like, "No, no, no. I've never had that word used with my name before." <laughs> Which is probably so there's a first time for everything. No, his presence, you've seen it already since Ryan Reeves has been acquired. It's been a lot quieter around uh yes. some of this physical players and just his general presence and, and demeanor out there. People don't want to answer that bell necessarily. So, between him and Felino, it's uh it's a good good thing going
1: forward. What would happen if one shift a game? In the playoffs, it was Hartman. No,
0: don't do it. Don't Kaprizov
1: it. and Revo just abusing everybody else Jeez. on the ice.
0: That's the thing. Something I love about Kaprizov—he can handle his own. That little tree trunk of legs, you know, he's just—he's a
1: beast. As Flower said, he's got the huge ass. <laughs> he's got that <laughs> big ass. That reverse hit on Goudreau on Sunday was a butt hit. It's mm-hmm. a great hit. Mm-hmm. He is strong as hell. Jesse, thanks much. As always, Judd's Hockey Show. Catch her, as I said at the outset of our show, Bar Down Beauties. Also, read her work, NHL.com on the wild. Declan, why don't you um, give the rest of the particulars and we'll be done.
2: Yeah, hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment right here on Score North. This is Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, We'll be back if we break down any other big trades. Well, of course, we'll be ready to break down any other wild games as well. So hit that subscribe button to be alerted for anything on Judd's Hockey Show related. And pass, shoot, score.
1: You know, there's no room for petty bull.